0: because we wanted to be very clear that, you know, this is what we stand for and this is who we are. And if you're going to be part of our team, then you have to be all in.
1: Welcome to the Charting Her Course podcast brought to you by the Pacific Coast Business Times. This podcast will give an inside look at women who own and run small businesses on California's Central Coast. I'm your host, Veronica Kuzma and I'm so excited to put a spotlight on these fascinating businesses in San Luis Obispo, Santa Barbara, and Ventura counties. This podcast would not be possible without our sponsor, Bank of America. More from them a little later. Dr. Janice Shinkawa and Dr. Jill Muraoka-Lim are founding partners of Ohana Pet Hospital, a full-service veterinary hospital based in Ventura, California. With backgrounds in business and veterinary medicine, Janice and Jill started Ohana Pet Hospital to not only take care of animals, but to foster a healthy work environment for staff. Hear about how they prevent staff burnout by creating sustainable work practices, support their profession by partnering with educational institutions, and how their company culture prioritizes self-care without sacrificing performance. Please enjoy this talk with Dr. Janice Shinkawa and Dr. Jill Muraoka-Lim. Thank you ladies for joining me today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Let's get started with you telling us about Ohana and the services you offer and your roles there.
2: Yeah, so we started Ohana back in December of 2012. And this was a startup hospital, meaning, you know, we didn't buy it from someone else. We started it from scratch. And uh, we offer general practice services. So like, if you think about family practice, you know, for yourselves, then that's what we are general practice for dogs, cats, some exotics. And we do dentistry, sur- you know, simple surgeries like spay, neuters, mash removals, what have you. And we also have a Holistic doctor that does acupuncture and herbs and other kinds of fancy things, and she's getting into animal communication as well.
0: I'm a partner, of course, and my area of oversight is in the HR realm. So I'm responsible for hiring and staffing, training and development. Um, it's been really fun. We have a we have a really really awesome team. Um, they're extremely nice. They're extremely compassionate, and I feel like. We've invested a lot in them, so they're well-trained. And so, yeah, that's one thing I think we're really proud of. I mean, we don't only provide good service. And, of course, I feel like you really need good people to provide good care and good service. And so we've really focused on that, and we have a we have a really wonderful team. So that's my main role right now.
1: So just because I think it's fun to ask, um, what did you want to be when you were growing up? And is it very different from where you ended up? Oh, Jan.
2: I I, um, at a very young age I wanted to be either a CPA like my father um, or a veterinarian and the funny thing is I ended up doing both so I originally shied away from becoming a veterinarian I just was too afraid of hurting an animal or you know potentially you know not doing something well and actually killing an animal so that didn't sit well with me so I went towards the business realm and became a certified public accountant and um, worked for Ernst & Young for my first five and a half years doing that. And then pivoted and met Dr. Jill during our college pre-vet years and went to Colorado State University for veterinary medicine.
0: Yeah, I've always loved animals as a child, um, but I had really severe allergies. It was horrible. I used to love horses, used to love to ride. And my mom would tell me she'd like load me up on Benadryl. And as soon as, you know, we got home, I was thrown in the shower because, you know, it was so miserable, but I loved it. So I kept wanting to go back for more. But, you know, in as an undergrad, I did pivot a little bit and I went the business route. So my undergraduate degree is in business management. Um, And then like Jan says, we met each other. you know, doing a pre-vet thing when I just decided, like, mm, you know, maybe I still would like to explore the animal, you know, side of things again, so we did some volunteer work. And actually, that's where we met, doing volunteer work at the Hawaiian Humane Society. Um, and we realized that, you know, kindred spirits, we both have a business background, you know, we're, we, we've we got to take all our undergraduate sciences uh, prerequisites that we took zero of as undergrads to get into vet school. So it was the start of a great friendship and a, and a great journey so far.
1: Very cool. In the early days, what were those days like? Was it just you two? And how has that shifted to now?
2: That's a good question. Um, right after school, Jill and I and our partner, Dr. Nikki, met up at veterinary, uh, it was VMSG. They had an inter- a very robust internship program. So we did the internship program together. And then after that internship, Jill and I went down to Orange County for a year to work with a mentor of ours um we did that for a year and then came back to the area and uh worked at buena animal hospital for several years before we left that and then started ohana so we've been jill and i have been together for i don't know how 20 almost 20 years now i think working in a practice and we we took dr nikki back on uh, at buena So I lost track of how long we've been working with Nikki, probably like 18 years. And then the three of us with a fourth partner started Ohana back in 2012.
0: Yeah, so we had four female founders for Ohana, like when we started in 2012, that we were working at our previous practice all together. Um, And then one of them has since left and moved back to the East Coast to be near her family. So there's just the three of us now. It's me, Jan, and Nikki that own Ohana.
1: And I have to say, your place is so beloved in town. I mean, I have my dog. She goes there, too. So everybody loves Ohana. Everybody I talk to. So it's oh, a great thank you. great place. Yeah. So you kind of talked about it in the, a little bit ago. But what's been the approach to building your team? And how did you know how to lead a team? And what's something people should consider when it comes to this?
2: I think our approach, you know, first and foremost, the reasons why we left, the other practice was because we were starting to see changes that wasn't going to take care of the team and that didn't go well with any of our founding partners and so we decided we we're going to create ohana the way we wanted to which was first and foremost to take care of our team because we know if we take care of our team they will in turn take care of the patients and the clients the best way possible because we have to have healthy people on you know under the roof to be able to deliver that kind of care and service to everyone that's a stakeholder, meaning customers as well as their their pets. And so that was our vision from the get-go. And I think we've managed to attract a really fun and engaging team. Um, I think we have really solid retention, people that have stayed with us even from the beginning. We have several members that um, are over five years plus with us. And yeah, I think that just, you know, builds momentum over time. And we're gonna be in our 10th year just this December. And I think it set the culture strong to be able to weather the storms of, you know, first through, you know, recessionary times and through COVID and and all of that. So it's been a winning formula for us.
0: And I think in terms of leadership, I guess I want to say, you know, we've always been very clear about our vision. We do strategic planning with our staff every year, COVID kind of threw threw us a little sideways on that, but we've since caught up. Um, but the other thing, I guess maybe the best way for me to describe it is we're very clear on our company values as well, which is compassion, connection and community. And so the three C's, it makes it very easy for our staff to like understand as a company what our culture is based out of. you know. so ohana means family of course in hawaiian um and you know we want to embody like family values where people feel feel valued they feel cared for um, they feel like they are part of a collaborative group um, where they feel heard they feel seen they feel appreciated um, but with the values i think it extends it even much further it's like you know they know that we pride ourselves on compassionate care um, and caring for them like Jan is taking care of them but also them taking care of our clients and patients Um, with, you know, with connections, we have, we realize that, you know, we're not an island in the middle of an ocean. I mean, you know, we have not only clients and patients, but, you know, there's other community members and partners, like, you know, we do a lot of work with our rescue partners, um, local ones. Um, For example, you know, we assist the um, the police dog um, and the National Disaster Search Dog Organization in terms of providing medical care for their, you know, their working dogs and just everything. I mean, you know, we like to, give back we like to be part of our community and so you know the staff enjoys that they love helping out when you know with you know like a disaster deployment for example um they're ready to go you know they they want to volunteer and come in and help us get those dogs ready to go so it's been it's like i said i think with our values being very clearly defined we very much have our vision defined i think leadership wise i think that you know i think that gives our staff I don't know how we describe it, Jan, like not necessarily security, but it it gives them like confidence and um, like they feel proud. You know, they love to be part of this organization. So, you know, that's something I think different in our organization from others that we've, you know, we've worked with, um, you know, within our profession and even outside our profession. So, and that's something I think Jan and I have driven Um, from the get go, um, along with our partners, um, because we wanted to be very clear that, you know, this is what we stand for, and this is who we are. And if you're going to be part of our team, then you have to be all in.
2: Yeah, that's very well. put. And I think, you know, to mimic Jill's uh, words that, you know, we need to thank the community for supporting us all these years, because um, we wanted to root ourselves in the community, but the community embraced us back in return and helped us grow our business from scratch and it was not an easy task because even the banks and getting funding for this project was very difficult you know no one wanted to fund a four doctor startup they said doctors doctor startups are one to two doctors jan they're not four doctors i'm like i understand that we have a very different situation that we are dealing with and so um but we knew we had strong ties in the community from what we had done before ohana and so we just kept with that model. And it really did help support our business um, through thick and thin. And like Joe said, it powered up the staff to want to be engaged with the community um, like we do.
1: So Linda has a question and she says, do you ever feel burnout or emotional exhaustion caring for animals? And how do you take care of yourself emotionally?
2: A great question. Because as you may know, burnout, and I hate to say it, but the suicide rates are very, very high in our industry in veterinary medicine. And a lot of people don't understand that or don't realize that, um, you know, although we're taking care of dogs and cats and cute little critters every day. Um, it's high people engagement. And what this industry attracts is a lot of introverted scientists. And so Realizing on the clinic floor, there's a lot of people interactions, a lot of high emotional people interactions that can create burnout. Um, I personally don't uh, experience burnout because I love exactly what I do. You know, I'm not receiving or doing surgery as much as I used to at all uh, because I'm more managing these practices and doing other fun things in the community with Jill. But I do. Um, I do think that being in alignment with what you're doing in a day-to-day basis and how you're delivering that service has to align with the person's, um, you know, core values and what they need. And so that's a great question because burnout is very high in our industry. I'll be honest, we've had burnout on our team. Um, I think to some degree, we still have some burnout on our team, but we try to manage that, you know, as best we can by giving our staff resources in, um, we once had a, Uh, in clinic psychiatrists that would come and they could unload on her and it'd be completely confidential and and she was there for them and now we have employee assistance programs that can do the same so that we offer a whole array of um, options for them to stay healthy and well like today we have a financial planner coming in and they're going to talk about financial wellness with the team so those are the kind of different things we offer for our staff so that they can keep themselves, you know, healthy through the difficult work days. This is high emotion, high physical, you know, uh, tasks and um, a lot of mental work too. So it, it challenges your senses in in all respects.
0: Yeah. As for me, like, have I experienced burnout? You know, due to the you know emotional nature of the the, the business. I would say personally, no, um, but I, you know, I have experienced some degree of burnout. like with Janice, is more related to like just the volume of the people interaction, because by nature, I am introverted. I'm pretty shy. Um, And although it's like, you know, it's, it's like I see another client probably, you know, every like 20 minutes or so, and I'm on the phone, I'm talking to staff. And so, you know, it is a lot of people in action. And sometimes that can be a little tiring to protect myself um, or to help, you know, to ground myself. You know, I. I just make it a priority to do things like exercise, um, I meditate. Um, you know I've worked with the, with a bunch of different coaches personally um, that have really helped me to you know look at things in a different way and and I feel like you know, it, I feel pretty strong right now and I feel pretty good. And so with our staff, I mean that's some of the things that you know, you know we've been trying through the years to share with them like Jan said, provide um, grief counseling for them. Um, you know, stress and burnout counseling. We have EAP. We've done fun things like something called um, Ohana Fit Club, where we used to do like fitness challenges with them and, you know, even give them um, nutritional education and financial education. I mean, it was just more of like fun stuff. Our team loves games and challenges. So, you know, they embrace that kind of stuff like really well. It's always something, you know, kind of fun. If you ask our, our staff what their core values are, it was, I think, number one was humor. And so, you know, they like to have fun, which is great, because that does help kind of, I guess, release the pressure valve um, and the burnout. So, you know, we, you know, we, we try to encourage fun, we try to encourage them to take care of themselves, we try to provide as much resources as we possibly can. Um, unfortunately, I know nowadays with, you know, there's a lot of personal issues going on with a lot of our staff members Um, you know so a lot of them it's sad to say like they come into work and they say gosh you know work is actually a good place to be you know sometimes home is not necessarily the best place right now and so they you know they look forward to coming to work and I mean it just is what it is I suppose but you know we still try to you know provide a workplace and provide support from the the workplace to you know help support them and what they may need.
2: The biggest um, thing that we did last year was about almost exactly a year ago during strategic planning, we launched our, what we call the initiative is 30 is the new 40, (laughs) which is 30 hours a week is the new 40 hours a week. So we we accomplished phase one. It took us about a year, which was to get this team because we couldn't afford to go from 40 hours down to 30 in a heartbeat. You'd have to hire too many people and you'd have to increase wages too high. So what we did was we took it in phases And we went from 30 to 35. And this was only for the people that really wanted to, but we did take the whole team up, you know, at least two or $3 an hour more, just to get them to um, feel what it's like to not have to worry about I'm earning the same amount, but I'm working less hours, you know, that I was doing 40. And the five hours that they got back in their life, we said, use that for self care. So don't, you know, don't, do anything different from your routine. Like if you have the kids in daycare, keep them in daycare, but take the five hours for yourself, go on a hike, go get a massage, go meditate, do whatever you need to do for yourself. That makes, you know, fills up your tank, if you will. We'd love to go from the 35 to the 30, but the interesting thing when we did a survey is the not the whole team did not want to go to a full 30. Maybe a good third of our team wanted to go to 30 hours and another third wanted to stay at 35 while the the last third wanted to stay at 40 and if they wanted to stay at 40 at the higher rate they were more than welcome to because we need them Um, but what this piece has done for us is attract new members to the team it's attracted doctors to our team because they recognize that we're trying to make an intentional effort to take care of our team Um, and so you know hiring for us knock on wood has not been a problem it's been actually relatively easy for us to find people. And we're technically overstaffed in some other hospitals' minds. You know, when you look at the ratios of staff to doctors, we have a high ratio of, say, six to one, six staff members to one doctor versus other hospitals are out there struggling right now with a two to three to one ratio of staff to doctors. So it's not good in our industry. We have a crisis going on where there's not enough veterinarians and there's not enough veterinary staff support.
0: Yeah. And doing the 35 model is what we call it. Um, I think that is the only way we can really sort of offer flexibility because, you know, obviously we have to schedule appointments and see patients in the hospital. So it's not like we can offer our employees remote work. I mean, that's just not an option for what we do in our profession. So, but by offering, you know, options and we're we're okay with like, you know, 30, 35 or 40 hour schedule, whatever they would want, we felt like maybe that's one of the ways that, you know, in our type of healthcare setting, we can actually give them flexibility.
1: What an amazing program and that you implemented it and it worked. That's, a, that's very encouraging to hear.
2: It's a lot of spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm sure,
1: I'm sure. <laughs> and now a word from our sponsor. Bank of America asked Central Coast businesses, what would you like the power to do? Listening to your answer is how we learn about what matters most and help you achieve your goals. That's why we've lent over a half billion dollars to Ventura, Santa Barbara and San Luis Obispo counties small, mid-sized and commercial businesses because we don't just work here, we live here. What do you see for the future of Ohana?
2: It's a good question. So we have had a vision from the start and um we've been, you know, these processes of getting to that vision have has been slow because part of that was to build educational systems in our community. So the first one was Charter College in Oxnard. The president had approached me at our grand opening, if you will, and you know wanted to know if we could help with um, a veterinary assistant program. Absolutely we did. And I had known her from prior to Ohana. And so we had lightly talked about it before and um, that program took off. It's a 10 month veterinary assisting program. It's been in operation since about, since about 2014 and 2015, and it has produced, you know, several vet techs or vet assistants, if you will, in our area, some of which we've hired and seen grow over the years. And um, they don't have a registered veterinary technician program, I'll let Jill talk about that more. And then the high school program, um, the president of that organization also had asked me the same question and she took off and running. I said, yes, absolutely. We need vet techs, vet assistants to start at a younger age. So she has almost like an ROP program. It's through the career education centers. And one of our colleagues, Dr. Kathy Jonacucci, uh, teaches that program for high schoolers. And so now we have a feeder system to go either to charter college or the more exciting one that Jill and I um, just uh, launched is the ventura college veterinary technology program that's designed to create more rbt's or registered veterinary technicians in our industry but i'll let joe talk about that because joe was the program director for it
0: yeah so that's the thing you talk about what is our future and so you know we feel like we've buttoned up or buttoned in or you know put in place um, good sort of internal staff support and so now we're looking externally as to how we can um, actually provide a sustainable future for our staff and so when we decided that a big way to the most significant way to do it would be through um investing in education so like Jan said she mentioned the other two but the big one is the partnership that Ohana has with Ventura College um, in terms of um, supporting their veterinary technology program and so about three years ago or actually, it's probably more now. Four years ago, they we approached them, and, and it was um, Dr. Kimberly Hoffman's, who's the current Ventura College president, was then the vice president of like I think academic or academic affairs. And so um, we approached her, and you know, with their experience at Moorpark College, she said, "Yes, absolutely, it's something that we'd be very, very interested in doing." Um, so you know, we had this amazing team of Dr. Hoffman's and um, Dean of Career Education Felicia Duinez. Um Dr. Dorothy Furrius, who's the agriculture department chair, um, Jan, myself, and also working with the uh, Ventura College Foundation's executive team, which is um, Ms. Ann King. Um, we managed to put, you know, develop this vet tech program from the ground up, from scratch. Um, and, you know, it's been, what, two, two and a half years now. And our first cohort is going to be graduating this December. Um, we finally also received our official accreditation from the American Veterinary Medical Association, which is a huge deal. Um, there's only 223 programs accredited across the US. And so being a newly uh, accredited program is a huge uh, accomplishment, a huge feat. We're very, very proud to have um, a program like this in our community that will serve our, our um, colleagues and our vet hospitals and everything in our, in our community. Um, I think I have 65 students this fall um, amongst three cohorts. And so um, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of uh, hard work, blood, sweat, and tears, literally um, getting this thing going. But it's a good example of like, you know, we're committed to, Ohana's committed to making a deep investment into our profession and our community. And so, you know, we we have employees that are going to, you know, take this program, are in the program, going to graduate pretty soon. And the program will allow them to um, have a lot more doors open for them career-wise, both locally and anywhere else in the, you know, they decide if they're going to move on. Um, so it's a really, it's a really great program, but, you know, internally and externally, like I said, you know, education's been one of those things we've been, um, you know, we've been very, very keen on, on developing and implementing. And in the future, that's where we're looking further down the path of, you know, further developing um you know, more unique type of educational opportunities and systems to support our our profession.
2: I just wanna pat Dr. Jill on the back because she doesn't give herself enough credit, but she and Dorothy wrote the entire curriculum and that was not an easy feat. Um, And so getting this program to accreditation, I think was a huge accomplishment and, you know, something that is not common for us to see a hospital system partner with an education system to make a solid program that, you know, Jill built it in a very nice hybrid mode, if you will, where the students are gonna get a lot of lecture, but they're also gonna get a lot of hands-on training, which is what they need, right? They, you know, with everyone being so um, distracted with technology and all that, you know, our attention spans are smaller. And so having a hybrid program really will help solidify the education that they're getting from Ventura College, not to mention the program is very affordable. So if you had to pay for the two years, it's $3,800 for the two-year associate's degree. If you're a first-time college student and you're a California resident, Jill? Yeah. Then you you can get the Promise Program or apply for the Promise Program and then essentially can give you one to two years free. Of tuition. So it's unheard of that these students can access such a great education in our field. Promise program is available to the whole college, not just you know the program that we develop, but they can access such a great education and even you know transfer some of their credits if they want to go on for more in other disciplines. Um they can do that. And so I think it's an amazing partnership that we have with Ventura College. And like Jill said, where we're going to take this is to another level of want to build like a training and a wellness campus and you know really dive deep into the lessons that we've learned through ohana over the years i kind of always call ohana our little guinea pig because we've tried and tested different things with wellness with education with training and with our management team you know so something that jill and i are passionate about are training managers and supervisors so taking that to a bigger level and maybe even being able to attract other Uh, veterinary hospitals to come through and get trained or train their people and help turn this industry um, around with our burnout issues and suicide what has
1: been a standout moment so far
0: honestly the biggest accomplishment was opening our doors you know in 20 december 2012 and in just like another week and a half it'll be 10 years i mean i mean it's just like where did the time go? I mean, I just feel like you know, seeing a business st- from start, like literally we left and we were like putting away stuff and like installing computers like literally a week before we opened, you know now to see ten years later like this incredibly like well-oiled machine, you know, this wonderful team and um you know all the clients and you know pets that we've you know provided care for through the years. I mean, I feel like just I don't know, just does being, being born and you know us maturing is just incredible i mean i'm still kind of blown away thinking about it it's 10 years next week or yeah. in a week after two weeks and
2: yeah, we're going to um celebrate our 10-year anniversary with uh, our staff wanted a prom so we're going to have a holiday prom on the 10th and celebrate our 10-year anniversary as well but i thought it was a cute idea and it was a great theme to it and I think it's
1: going to be a lot of fun. It's really cool. It's a good idea, <laughs> a prom. That's great. What drives you? This is for each of you, obviously, personally. What drives you personally, and or what are you motivated by?
0: I mean, like, I say, growing up in Hawaii, our, you know, we were raised with really strong family values um, and very like loving culture, a uh, very caring culture, um, and so you know, just being able to like care for people, care for animals. I mean, it it just it feeds me, you know. I I love it. Um, it's kind of funny. I was telling Jan when I went to help my mom clean out her house before she moved. I found my old vet school admissions essay. And this was written 25 years ago. And I, I read it and I'm like, wow, I really wouldn't change a single thing, you know. It talked about, you know, my love of animals, of medicine, of business and of education. And, you know, like so the vision was set and the intention was set way back then. And But, you know, framed with, you know, a culture of building a culture of like caring. So that's where it's coming from. It's basically coming from the heart. So that's what motivates me. And I feel like that's what has made our business successful because, you know, we try to extend that out, you know, to our staff and our clients. And we like to hope that they kind of feel that Aloha spirit. I mean, that's what we, you know, you hear people talk about that, but, you know, we lived it, we were born of it. And so, you know, for us to, it just feels natural for us to, um, you know, provide that through anything that we do. So that's where it's coming from for me.
2: I agree with Joe, It's the core of who we are. And the funny thing is when we were trying to come up with a name, it was our other two partners, Nikki and Kate, who wanted more. We didn't want to push the Hawaiian name on them, but we were saying, okay, we love that name, of course, so let's go with it. Uh, but what motivates me on a regular basis? I love seeing young members of the team grow and mature into, you know, the solid professionals that they are. The one example Jill and I have is we help Dr. Kayla Asado, um train on our team as, as a veterinarian right off the internship. And the goal was to Trainer in five years, and then she was going to go home to Hawaii and start a practice there. Well, she did it in four, and she's there now. Helped her figure out how to purchase her mentor's practice, and she's been running it. And give her credit, she started at the at the start of COVID, which was not easy, and she's been doing amazing ever since. And just seeing our staff members grow that way and develop. Um, is hugely rewarding because Jill and I had a hard time leaving the, the floor of the hospital, meaning leaving our clients and our patients, um, you know, in that role of being a doctor on a day-to-day basis, but I knew personally that she and I could affect so many more animals out there if we were to, you know, put other doctors in our place and mentor everybody and build these educational systems and now build the training and wellness campus our impact will be a lot bigger um than just being able to you know do our day-to-day on the floor and so although we miss our clients and our patients tremendously um you know we know that this effort is something that we're passionate about and it's unique because jill and i have not just veterinary backgrounds but business backgrounds and now jill has an educational you know, aspect two or two, which is hugely valuable for where we're headed, and that what's, that's what mot- motivates me. At the end of the day, for me, it's all about the animals, you know, the people or side benefit that go with it, and what we do in developing them, but I know that our touch will reach further than just here in Ventura. It's already gone to Hawaii, and you know, we'd love to spread this across the country.
1: Do you have any advice that you can give someone who is starting on their own business journey?
2: I would say, you know, the toughest thing for veterinarians or in general, just businesses, is to get some business education. You know, I love the business aspect that I have. I wouldn't have changed my path knowing what I know now that I married the two passions that I have for business and for veterinary medicine. Um, but what I find is a lot of business owners get into it and then they don't know. What they just got into and in vet school they don't they only give you maybe two weeks worth of practice management business training which is not enough you know not enough to run a business and so um, i belong to the national association of women business owner group here locally at ventura county but also i'm sitting on the national board right now and we're also developing programs there for business education and management um through our 501c3 Institute group that's attached to NABO National and I think it's going to be exciting because we'll be able to funnel people in that direction. I'm interested in trying to marry the veterinary professionals um, into NABO, you know, so that they can get the training that they need in um, business and in management so that they can be successful business owners on the ground.
0: Yeah, and all has been a really great resource, I think, for Jen and for our business, you know, through the years. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of resources and business education definitely is important. And, you know, basically, you got to learn to eat your Wheaties. And <laughs> there's a really good business, it's, it's been challenging. I mean, we've learned a lot, even with our background. I mean, it was eye-opening being an entrepreneur. And, you know, we, this O'Han is not the only business we have. I mean, we have, you know, we've worked on three other startups. Um, that we worked, we were very intimately involved in, and each one's a little different. Um, but each one's a rodeo, and it's a really fun ride every time. Um, but you know, we just have a passion. It's, it's I don't know how many more passions we can acquire, Jan. I mean, we love animals, we love veterinary medicine, we love business. It's like oh my education is like what else do you guys like? Well, we like we like startups. You know, we love startups, and we've done a lot of them in the last you know ten years. And but you know, like I said, it's if it fits into our sort of bigger vision and goal, you know, and it's something that's really going to make a difference, impact or help, you know, we're all in. So
1: who needs sleep? Apparently we don't. (laughs) That was amazing. Thank you. This was Charting Her Course, a Pacific Coast Business Times podcast. The Pacific Coast Business Times is the weekly business journal for the Central Coast, with digital and print editions, as well as can't miss events. For more on the Business Times and to subscribe, please visit our website at packbiztimes.com. A huge thank you again to our sponsor, Bank of America. Bank of America is committed to responsible growth for the clients and communities it serves by listening as they answer the question, what would you like the power to do? We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you stream podcasts. For more info on this podcast, please visit packbiztimes.com under "Charting Her Course." We are also on Instagram at chartinghercourse. We'd love to hear suggestions on future guests as well. This podcast is developed and produced by Linda LeBrock and me, Veronica Kuzma. Associate producer, editor, and provider of emotional support, all done by Vianna Mabonic. Our gorgeous artwork was done by Corey Iniguez of Dandelion Designs. Check out her website at dandeliondesigns.com. Our very cool theme music was created by Nicholas LeBrock. Thank you, Nicholas. Lastly, we're all out charting our own courses in business and in life. So while we're out there, let's wave and say hi to each other. We're in this together.